Welcome to Conversations in Tourism, where we put thought leaders, industry professionals, academics and futurists on the spot to explore the diversity of issues that are impacting and informing the evolution of the travel and tourism industries. Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of Conversations in Tourism. My name's Daniela, and I am totally thrilled to be bringing you Levan Whitman in this episode to give us her expert insights into tomorrow's tourist. Levan speaks to us as a veteran entrepreneur in the industry with over 38 years under her belt in the competitive world of retail travel. She's served on the boards of a number of impressive agencies. She's currently the interim director for membership development globally for Skull International and membership engagement for Africa. She previously served as Skull's world president and has received top awards for outstanding mentor on travel and tourism from women in travel and tourism. She's also received the Colt Twiggs Award from Skull International South Africa for outstanding contribution to the industry locally and internationally, as well as being named Skull International Ambassador of the Year. Levan is a formidable female entrepreneur who also is a life coach, and she's recently launched a new venture called Motivate, Empower, Enlighten, where she guides entrepreneurs to find their way and fly just as she has. Levan, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are so excited to have you to explore this topic of, well, you know, who is tomorrow's tourist? We're so focused um, and have been focused within the session on looking at what is the future of tourism and with all of the impacts that the industry has felt over the last 18 months. Um, this whole question of, well, what is the future of the industry has really been top of mind for everyone. But the next question is, well, who is tomorrow's tourist that this industry is going to be catering for? And I suppose if we were to start at kind of the beginning of this conversation, one of the questions that I, I would love to pose to you is, well, actually, who is a tourist and who is a traveler? And why do we have these different terms? What, what do they mean? Okay, so for me, um, and I look at it more on a, a, a you know, we, I love my imagination. I love travel images that I've created. First of all, for me, a tourist is somebody who's going with a specific um, itinerary as such. I'm going to see a place, smile and wave. And in fact, there was such an incredible thing. When you look up Google and you see tourist versus traveler, there are two pictures. And then my imagination went. You've got a picture of a tourist taking a selfie at a tourist attraction, say the Eiffel Tower or the Trevi Fountain. And then there's a picture next to it. That's the traveler. And there you see this person putting up a tripod, putting the camera in, being in this open space and what do you learn from that a tourist is somebody who's going to a place because everybody's told them to go there go and do all the quick things that everybody does does a selfie all self-absorbed all um interest you know introspective whereas a traveler goes out 
and goes and explores. So when, we, when we're looking at, um, and, and this comes back to even the first question you asked me, we, we've got to understand one thing. There isn't one traveler, as we know. So we can look at different traveling categories. We can look at different generations. We can then look at different cultures. And we can look at tourists and travelers. So can you see how complex it actually is? So when you're talking to me, remember when, when we're looking at, and this is just completely um, basic, you're looking at an explorer, you're looking at a drifter, you're looking at an individual uh, mass tourist, uh, tourist, you're looking at an organized mass tourist. So when we're looking at that, that's going to never change. For me, I don't, I, I don't believe in that. So even COVID, yes, will bring a new traveler, but it's not going to change um, how I see it as the different categories, you're still going to have the generational traveler, the silver travelers, like we are called being baby boomers, the generation Z, the millennials, um, and then you're still going to have the explorer, drifter, mass tourism, and so on. It's just going to change a little bit with safety protocols. It's going to change a little bit um, with who you're going to take with you. So, so that for me, you know, that's like really getting into the meaty part of a tourist. When we're speaking to people who are listening and who, who think they're tourists or travelers or whatever, it might not make as much sense to them. But when you're looking at tourism development and management in a country, um, when you're looking at owning a business and what niche market you're looking at, um, then that becomes extremely, extremely important for me. And one of the questions and how we'll discuss it later is what is the new tourist doing? How are um, tourism companies coping with it? That's where that is going to come in because I do feel that after COVID now, that us as retail travel agents, tour operators, ground operators here on the ground have to now specialize in niche markets. Gone are the days that you are going to just grab anybody from off the street. Oh, okay, you want to go to Mauritius? Super, let's do that. Okay, you want to do a cooking tour? We are going to look, and the new tourist is going to be looking, and please, these are, these are my research. It's not, you know, people are going to be different. But when I look at it, for me, it's going to be exceptionally, exceptionally important for the, the supplier, the tourism supplier, the destination marketing in that country to be able to look at exactly what tourists they want. Are they looking for a tourist or traveler? Are they looking for a um, generational traveler, an explorer, a drifter? Because that is going to mean, and the traveler is going to demand that, that the traveler is going to need a little bit more information than what Google can give them or somebody who doesn't really know much about their destination, but selling it anyway. So, so we, we'll get to that later. In, but that, for me, is going to be extremely important in this new tourism industry, is knowledge, having authentic connections of that place you are selling, the destination, the type of traveler, you being that authentic person, um, and then you're going to know how to appeal to the new tourist. And that is, of course, um, even over and above the new person that has been born after this COVID pandemic. And um, when I did a, a talk now for Skull, which, which, which I'm a director of, we've got to look at, 
a new person coming into the tourism industry in the world, we're looking now for more authentic connections. We're looking for a platform of like-minded people, a problem-solving, uh, a collaboration um, and trust platform to work with to be able to look at the new person coming out, let alone the new traveller. But, of course, that person will be the new traveller. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope I've answered that a little bit for I, I mean, you've left that, – that was such a meaty answer. I have so mm. many questions. I'm just trying to, like – cherry pick because there's so many different ways we could dive into this further I mean I suppose one of my my key questions is having been in retail um travel trade for almost four decades um have you seen the the industry change and adapt to changing tourists like over the time have you seen an evolution in product as tourists have evolved so even though the markets, as you said, have stayed, we can kind of put these general circles around the markets, which have stayed generally the same. Um, have you seen changes which have then reflected in how uh, travel is being uh, packaged um, and sold? Oh, yes. Now, that answer, you know, when you're looking for a change, so remember now, a Apart from what we've spoken about, the traveller, the tourist, um, and so on, we in tourism development work on four factors, which most industries do, but it is more effective in tourism. Um, social, technological, economical, and political. So those four factors are now over and above what's going to determine the evolution in travel, the tourist, the traveller, the destination. Um, and you know, you're looking at and you think, yes, it's much of the same. Now, I started in travel in 1983, which was hugely, I mean, it feels like a lifetime away. But when I look at that, remember, and I'm, I'm looking at, if we, if we can give an example, the best example is South Africa, for, for me. Here I was an agent selling products, but very limited products, because our political situation at that time was apartheid. And most of the countries blocked off their um, borders to South Africa. We were not allowed to travel in Africa, in um, Euro uh, not in Europe, in the Middle East, most of that, Central America, Asia, and um, none of the, the Western countries. Remember, there was Western and Eastern Europe at that time, Communist Europe, nowhere there. So when I started in travel, we had like literally seven destinations we could sell South Africans to. To go to. Now, when I look at that, I think to myself, how has life changed from then to even in 1994 when we became a democratic a democracy? Can you imagine? Can you see that evolution coming? Why? Because of political borders being opened, airlines that never wanted to touch South Africa came in. So we had on the political front, we had. Um, Basically, embassies coming to live in South Africa, opening their borders up to South Africa, air access, visa, um, you know, sort of requirements that have become a little bit more lax. That's only one part. Then we're looking at technology. Now, you know, in 1983, we were typing itineraries. We were looking at flight schedules out of a big book called the ABC. We were looking at travel information manuals. So we had two main um, books. That we had, 
where these help. How far is the airport from, from, from the hotel you're going to? What are the flights? We used to do our own airfare out of two books. Look how we've changed. Now, everything is electronic. Tickets are electronic. Your itinerary is electronic. Your carbon emissions are electronic. You can see the, the flight you're taking, how many carbon emissions it does per kilometer. So you can see how this has totally, totally changed. So when you look at it, and I want to compare it, um, we were on a Grand Prix fair. And when we looked, and you look at the cars, and you look at the race now, and you think, but what has changed? They're all racing. It's still the same thing. But then take a look at a sports broadcast from 1995, and then you can start seeing how. Look at the color. Look at the clarity. Look at the cars. Look at the distance. Look at the way they dress. Then you can see the difference. So on the outset, no problem. We look the same. But the amount of, of change that has happened, remember, the travel and tourism industry is the most dynamic industry in the entire world. It changes every second, not even every month, every second. So people in our industry, we used to pivoting, we used to adapting, we used to being flexible because rules change. Airlines go bankrupt. There's a war and you can't go there. There's a you know, a sort of disaster that's happening and you can't go there. So we are used to that change. So our industry, for me, has been one of the most incredibly dynamic changing industries, especially over the past 30 years and the time that I've been in, in tourism. And yes, our, how can I put it, our suppliers, our airlines have changed. They have adapted to the new tourists. But I do think that there's so much more to think about um, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to now the safety protocols, when it comes to actually appealing, as I said, to a niche market. Because as you know, you've, I mean, you've done your MBA, you know that to be extremely successful, do something and focus on something you're good at. Focus on something that you know everything about because you will not be without clients with things like that. So so to answer your question, yes, we have. We've adapted incredibly, I think more so than any other industry. But now we need to look, when we're talking about the new tourists, how safe, where to go, what to do, we are going to have to look at something completely different to, to what we have been doing. We have learned that. Um, you were talking about brochures. We've got away from a static brochure. We've got we've got to link. Um, we're sending e-brochures and, of course, virtual reality tours um, that have taken up. So we have done that. But now, when we're looking at the bigger picture on where we want to focus, I think I think there we need to relook at a few things and research a few things. And you know, so, some would say there's almost a chicken and egg scenario. So there's there's an industry which generates product to sell to to tourists, and then you know becomes this lever that helps to like transform what tourists want. We could put Airbnb as an example. You know, Airbnb kind of created uh, a market which 
was kind of there. I know in South Africa, you know, we we had a huge kind of rental unit market. Um, Mm. So you could say the seeds were there and an innovation like Airbnb created a new market out of that. And then there are those who say, well, you know, it's it's the chicken. It's tourist demand that that prescribe what uh, tourism businesses then start to create. Um, and there's a lot of talk about this need to transform the industry as, as, as if the tourism industry is this terrible thing, right? That's never changed. And we've just heard from you how transformative and how agile um, the, the industry really has been um, and is. Um, and there are those that are, are talking about, you know, this, this need to push towards a sustainability and regenerative, um, that we should be damning these mass tourism destinations uh, and mass tourism products. You know, when we've heard from you that, well, actually, this mass tourism product is, is part of our market and quite an important one that isn't going to be going anywhere. So... Where do you find it's almost this play between the product that we create for tourists and the tourists who want new product? How do you see this this dance happening and and going forwards? What very few people know is that, and this is a double-edged sword, and this is what we're all working with, because our industry has got to be so regulated. Okay? It's got to be regulated. It's not, yes, of course, you can compare it to the food. Yes, it's got to be regulated and safe and fine. But remember what we're dealing with in tourism. We are taking people from one country to another. So you've always got that political regulation. You've always got, um, have we got, are there political talks that we can arrive at? And again, I'm going back to South Africa because for me, South Africa is, is such an incredible example to have. You know when you know what it, how difficult it was for me as a as an agent to not even think of selling Russia, China to South Africa. Now all of a sudden you can go, but why? Because it's been regulated. There's been political talks. There has been access. There has been the, so now all this industry, hotels, airlines, car rentals must have and adhere to such incredible regulations. But then on the other hand, be flexible for the new tourist. And this is why Airbnb and um, Uber were such disruptors. Because, yes, Airbnb came in. They satisfied a need for a market. They're doing a fantastic job. But they're not as regulated as the other establishments. So here you've got somebody who's running a boutique hotel. And, uh, you know, a self-catering apartment, uh, little guest houses, who must now pay for security, fire, insurance, third parties, all these sorts of things. And here comes Airbnb doing exactly what they're doing, but not regulated. So can you understand, this, this, is, this is going to be, and I don't know if we're ever going to come to a full agreement with that, because... People want regulation, but they want cheaper rates. Um, they want to experience it, and you've seen this in travel. It, 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 it's always this, 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 this friction. People want sustainable environments, but they want comfort. 
you know, you, you, you go into a place and you don't want to have plastic knives and forks. Okay. So then you don't want disposable this, but actually you do look for that. You don't want over tourism, but you're wanting to go to a place where a hundred thousand other people go. So you're dealing with, with tourism. A, a tourist for me is the most difficult thing to put into a box to actually even see where they're going, to actually see what they want. Um, and, you know, so, so to answer your question, I can tell you, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I like that. I want to feel safe on an aircraft, but I hate standing in a queue to go through security. I get myself, I, it, it makes me so irritated. But yet I want to feel safe. I want to know that there isn't a bomb on the plane. Do you know what I mean? Um, I want to get into a hotel and, oh, okay, right, now we've got to go through all the protocols. But if it wasn't there, I would feel uncomfortable. So you're dealing, you're dealing with this, this absolute oxymoron all the time. What is it? And I don't think it's ever going to get better. We, I think they would be disruptive. Um, they will have a place in the market, but there's always going to be some sort of conflict. And again, it's, it's the choice of the traveler. But when I was a, a, an agent, I, I, you know, I can remember people coming to me and saying, Devon, just book me into any hotel. I'm just going to sleep there. I don't want anything smart. I just want a bed. Um, I'm going to be out the whole day. But my God, when you book them, into a cheap hotel, you you never heard you never stopped hearing complaints about how bad it was. There was no service, there was no cleanliness, and so on. So that's been going on for ages. I don't think that's going to change. Um, I really don't, and, and you're never going to hone that to satisfy everybody's needs because uh, for me, travel is like an emotional thing. Like when you read, uh, you know, in Jane Austen, all those men used to get onto a a boat and go for months overseas to go and build themselves up as a male and then they'd come back and show off all their experiences. So for me, I don't, I can't answer you on that. I, I don't see that there's going to be any sort of final answer to that. Yeah, I, I mean, but I think that that's the point, that often in, in travel and tourism, uh, we like to look at things in quite black and white and a lot of the the rhetoric that that we see out there is is very much um, um you know yeah. uh, as if travel and tourism can fit in boxes when it, it is appealing to such a, a almost a, a primal part of human nature it's like we want it all um but, you know, even if those things are paradoxical um, and, and then it's kind of it, it's quite an interesting and, and a challenge for tourism businesses to find out almost what are those uh, like desires versus what are the musts that that, that a traveler um, has and, and how do you. How do you communicate with, with transparency to overcome, like, if you are selling something more eco or sustainable, to be so transparent to your tourists that they know what to expect, that they're not going to come and then complain, oh, no, it was, it was too basic or this or that. Um, yeah. So I can, see, I can see the huge challenge. And it seems that, that you know, now with, with COVID, there are almost even more challenges laid onto that um 
with also dominant markets disappearing. So, you know, if we look at South Africa, you know, as, as our chosen example for the day, um, South Africa's most lucrative market has been the UK, Europe. And, you know, now those those tourists um, have not come back yet. You know, the challenges with, with the COVID waves and, and the um, colouring of destinations, right, from, from safe to red to deep red. Um, what... You know, when we're when we're talking about the changes in today's tourists in the context of South Africa, um, how do tourism businesses who who uncertainty, as you said, that they're not unused to uncertainty, but how do they navigate this complete change of dominant markets? And you know, how do we relook at actually who today's tourist is for businesses? I had a um an interesting chat with, I was um, addressing the Australian tourism market last week. And one of the women came up with, you know, I mean, this is practicality. You know that Australia has been closed. I think they have had really the strictest lockdown. They've literally been closed to the world for, for over a year and a half. And one of her friends had a boat, you know, especially for tourists coming in, doing a boat cruise. And they'd had it, and it was very profitable for the past 10 or 20 years. And then they realized, you know what? What is our market all of a sudden now? It's older. And when I say older, that's me too. Baby boomers, older people coming to do this boat trip locally. So they refurbished all their boats to suit an older person, either with a Zimmer frame or a wheelchair or crutches or they don't want to slide, you know, little things like that. And they've recreated a whole different market. I think this, you know, in, in, in any, any business, when you are looking, and it happened to me, I, I ran a business for 25 years. I got comfortable because I knew that I had two very big clients who gave me business every month. Uh, I got used to it. I think there's a lot of people out there who do that. Oh, don't worry, I don't have to change. I've got this, you know, company coming in. They're never going to leave me, and so and so and so. So we all know that story. And I think a lot of uh, tourism people have that. Why would they change if they had so many people coming in, regular booking, booked for 12 months, everything's going to happen? But that, for me, that mindset can be in any business. I am adamant that, you know, communication is is the best and biggest thing that you can do. And why I'm saying it again is that these tourism companies should now refocus on their communication and the way they are going to market their product. To answer your question in in a sort of roundabout way, um, you know that now we're all in the same boat. As you said, the UK has just opened for us. Um, a lot of European countries have opened for fully vaccinated South Africans. Um, and, you know, so that has happened right now in the past two or three days. But if you look at it, you're looking at people. Find out what you want to sell. Find out what you are good at. Ask your clients what are they looking for. There's nothing stopping you from getting in touch with all your old clients and saying, you know what? We've all gone through this pandemic. 
what are you looking for as a destination? What are you going to feel comfortable with? That's how I would start it right now. I would go and do not even a survey. I would phone all my old clients, have a chat with them. Because, you know, what I found when, when I was dealing with, with people, and this was pre-COVID, you're dealing with people, you've dealt with them for many years, they know you, you know them. You don't ask them these questions. You just go on and on with the same thing. And then all of a sudden, you find that they're not looking with you anymore. They're not phoning you. And when you ask them, they'll say, you know, Levon, your service was brilliant. Everything was good. But somebody phoned me and gave me a completely different aspect or look or asked me, what would I want to do? And come came out from a different way of doing it. Do you know what I'm saying? And for me, that is going to be so, so important now. It's for you, as if you are an establishment, a tourist attraction, a retail agent, go and ask your client, what are they looking for? What is it that has changed in their mind? What will entice them? And I promise you, they will find their answers there. And they might find a completely different market. You see, yeah, we are looking and we're hoping that the Americans will come back. We're hoping that the British people will come back. They might be looking at something completely different now. So this, you are absolutely right. This whole travel industry has turned and it's for the best because we are now going to be looking at, yes, we're still going to have the economical, political, social, technological. We're still going to have the different customs. We're still going to have the different travelers. We're going to have the different generations. But we're going to know exactly what they want. And that's where the niche market comes in. I'm also very, very adamant that people should now look at not having one marketing person, but having and interviewing and handpicking a perfect influencer and content creator for their business on social media. Um, I went out on Saturday night to a friend's birthday and I was sitting with a 26-year-old woman who's well-traveled and she's an influencer. And I said to her, so, you know, where, where are you wanting to go the minute you can travel? She said, I've got to go to the Maldives. Um, I said, oh. She says, yes, because everybody is talking about the Maldives and how they shower outside and how they walk on the floor and they see, you know, the ocean be, you know, below them and all that sort of thing. So I said, oh. I said, well, what else? No, she says, that's, that's why. I said, did you know that? Thailand has got a better product than them at the moment and cheaper. Indonesia has got, Malaysia's got, Mexico's got. So, so when I looked at that, I thought to myself, how absolutely important it is to have real-time selling on social media platforms with a person who knows what to do selling your product. Because can you understand what I'm saying? You can be selling a product but an influencer, social media, because that's what people are looking at, real time. Somebody surfing on the water, somebody eating at a restaurant. They're looking at it, and that's what they want. So that's going to become much, much, much more important to be getting a content creator for your product you're selling and then appealing to the people that you need to. That, for me, is going to be extremely pivotal in, in the days to come. And, and I think then you're going to be looking at a totally new, different market for yourself. That, I mean, that's incredibly uh, powerful um, advice. Um, 
I have to admit, and I'll give away my age here, last week I was looking at TikTok just to get a sense of what was happening in the travel and tourism space on TikTok. Number one, I felt very, very old. I was just like, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't get it. But then <laughs> at the same time, um, there's also the recognition that, that a platform like that, which is really centered around entertainment, could be used quite powerfully as, as a platform for travel and tourism businesses. Um, and that's going to be my segue to come back to that, that interesting point you made at the beginning, which was to talk about this idea of tomorrow's tourist and the tourist being born today in this COVID era and what that kind of heralds for the, for the industry moving forwards. I mean, if we look at travel and tourism over the next nine years as I'm looking at um, tomorrow's tourists, the tourists of 2030, you know, what are your predictions or feelings? And, you know, if businesses need to do so much more to prepare to today, how do they keep, you know, tomorrow in mind? So to make sure that those preparations uh, also enable them to kind of innovate and remain agile um, as tomorrow's tourists becomes today's. Well, you know, it's happening already now, if you think about it. And I read a brilliant article this morning about hospitality. Yeah, you're sitting in hospitality. You know, in tourism now, you can't predict six months or have long-term plans. Not that you could before, but now it's really difficult. And this, one of the general managers of, of, of a sort of establishment um, franchise is saying, because people are booking, remember now, the new tourist is going to book very quickly. They're going to book at the last minute. They're going to want cancellations at the last minute. They're not going to be interested in saving 18 months and then planning for something at the end of 2023 like they used to. Um, they, they're not going to want to have these terms and conditions where they're going to be signing right, you're losing 100% seven days before, you know, the usual terms and conditions. That's most certainly not going to work anymore. Um, but the, the hotels are looking at it, and they're sitting again in that, that uh, decision, that sort of thin line. They can't employ all their staff because they don't know if they're going to get the money back. So what have they done? They've taken six or seven or eight staff members, and these members pivot between food and beverage, housekeeping, front of house. Okay, they can't be a chef, but doing all of that. So it makes your job description going to be completely different in tourism because no longer are you going to just be employed to do this, this, this. Remember the niche market. So can you see it again? The niche market has complete adaptability. And then they, so, so the general manager then does front of house then for six hours, he'll go and do F&D, then he'll do housekeeping. So it becomes a completely different thing. Travelers are going to understand that. They're going to want the comfort, but they're also going to know that there's an adaptability to how they're getting it by staff. I still think that long-term, there's going to be more long-term travel. I don't think, um, this is my, my way of thinking, I don't think that there's going to be this let's do seven countries in seven days. I that click and wave that became so much a tourist thing 
with selfies. Let's take a selfie everywhere we go. They have no idea about the history or they've had no connection with their tourist attraction. But that's going to happen. And then there's going to be multi-generational travel. You're going to now be traveling more with different generations, grandparents, children, and grandchildren. Um, I don't think that people will want to go and do mass tourism. And isn't it, isn't it a funny thing that a lot of after COVID places, and I read about Amsterdam and as well as Venice especially, that do not want those amount of tourists in coming in anymore. So that's going to be a change in the tourist because the destination is now going to determine that they do not want or they're going to restrict the amount of tourists to a tourist attraction or to a city. That's going to change the tourist. Where maybe, think about it, you've got to book ahead, like you're booking a seat to go and see a sports um, you know, event. Okay, we need to get to Venice. Okay, we've got to book because we've got to come in on that day. So that's, that's going to maybe change that a, a lot. But people, the new generation, and we've seen it with the new generation, even in business, formal education is going to go. And they're going to be looking at mentorship and they're going to be wanting quick ideas on what to do. So um, that story, you know, when I studied, I love travel energy. If I say to you now, Cuba, you're going to think, okay, Cuban cigars, old cars, like um, nightclubs, two steps down with a smoky haze and you're doing this, you know, salsa or something. That tourist image is going to change. And that's why I'm saying to you, the destinations, the tour operators, even the retail agents must have a content creator or an influencer that is going to be showing the real thing and not just. So they're going to attract that different person, not just the young, but they must know what they're doing, but people are still going to be looking at a one-minute, a one-minute 50 video, people who are live, who are there at the destination and what they think. That's going to become more and more and more appropriate. So that's going to mean the tourist is going to look at somewhere else to go. Um, who are we going to get advice from? When I started in travel, you had your clients and people asked you questions and they listened to everything you say. They would listen to absolutely everything. They wouldn't even go and research it. They believe in their travel agents. Now, they look on TripAdvisor. They're not going to look and say, oh, have you been there? How was your experience? They're going to look at people who are there, their age group, where they are right now, and find out. So it's going to be an inquisitive um, traveler, uh, obviously hugely instant gratification at certain times, but you, you're still going to have that immersive traveler that is going to be a traveler and not a tourist. People are going to read up. People are going to want to be able to give back to the community they were at and to be able to do something that that community does. You know, not just going to Eiffel Tower, then going to Moulin Rouge, then going to Versailles. They're going to want to come back and say, you know what? I've been in that place. I know how to cook their traditional meals. I know how to sew and make their outfits. I know what they like to eat, that sort of thing. For me, that's going to um, be, and, 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 and yes, there's still going to be people wanting to do beach holidays for seven days. Um, coach tours, which are going to look 
a tad different to what I think. Um, but that immersive traveler, that getting involved with culture, because if you think about it, tourism, from the word go, why do you why do you go and travel? You want to experience another culture. You want to go and experience how people talk, how they live, what they eat, what they wear. And now we become like more global with this mass tourism. You can be in Vienna, you can be in London, you can be in Joburg, it could be all wear the same. The marketing is the same. The fast foods are the same. The traffic is the same. So I think we're going to go a little bit more backwards, even though we're going forward, um, to look at why I want to travel and come back with memories and come back with um, additional resources or talents that you've picked up. That's how I see it. I, it's incredibly inspiring and it, it seems to me that there are just so many opportunities now um, for tourism businesses that are just going to expand um, dramatically going forward. Um, if you were to give a couple of like, you know, uh, nuggets of advice, like call it your like closing words of wisdom, uh, to tourism businesses or people starting out their career in tourism right now or tourism entrepreneurs or even people who've been in the business, who've been doing the same thing as you said, relying on the same markets, who've now found themselves in, you know, unknown territory. What, what are your words of, of advice for everyone out there? I would always, for me, and I've done it all, all my life, there are going to be changes. And this COVID pandemic has been a fundamental change. It hasn't just been, okay, it's a change, it's going to blow over. Now it's your time to, to, to actually go and see what people want. You know, ultimately, people are all human. We want to be felt, we want to be special. We want to be looked after. We want our needs to be met. I think that's going to go back to the 70s where, um, you know, you're not going to have the call centers and, you know, how people phone you and they don't even know who you are and they try and sell you a product and they absolutely don't know who you are. This for me, on Travel Entrepreneurs for now, go out, find your niche market. Go and find out exactly what's in your tra- and come out with those destinations, that itinerary, those ideas. And sell them because that is where I would start. That is how I would do it. Um, yes, they're going to be, of course, two operators that are selling different destinations. Good for them. But when you when you say travel entrepreneurs, you can make you you can be very successful in appealing to people right here and now, looking at a generation, taking into consideration the safety protocols that we have. The extra expenses that we've got, because even if we've got vaccines, we still have to do PCR tests, which are costing us. We're looking at um, establishments now and be safe because uh, Skull International works together with the World Travel and Tourism Council for the safe travel stamp. Look at what those criteria are. Look at what the sustainability is. Follow the criteria. Appeal to it. So that when people are looking for a product or an attraction or something, they can feel safe. You've got that safe travel stamp. You've got a sustainable environment. Those are what people are looking for. And personal, personal treatment. That top customer service is what people are looking for. Because people want to have authentic connections, healthy relationships, 
They want to feel safe. They can say to you, oh, I don't mind doing this and that. But ultimately, they want to feel safe when they travel. They want to enjoy it. They want to do things that they don't do at home, but they want safe travel. If you can see that that sort of criteria and you appeal to it and you do the right marketing on the right platform, this is going to be your best thing that that you've decided on. All the old ways, all the old way of doing things are not going to be. If you can appeal to this, but then go and research, go and read, go and look what your niche market is. For me, if you do that, and that's in any business, go and see, go and do market research before you actually start a business. Travel and tourism is exciting. It is extremely challenging at times, but people will not stop traveling. That, you know, when people said that to me, oh, you know, things are going to go down and people are, people will never stop traveling. It's in our nature. It's an inherent thing that we want to do. But now see, what do they want to do and appeal to that? So that would be that would be how I would, would handle it. Thank you so much. Um, that is incredible words of advice for all our listeners out there. Um, and just in closing, um, can you tell people how best they can find you, follow you, um, you know, read more about, or listen more or watch more about uh, what you have to say? Um, if, they, if they Google me, they will see I am on Instagram and LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, I have done a lot of talks. I have uh, spoken. I did, in fact, you've got that video on entrepreneurs, the challenges we face. Um, yes, that's, you know, I'm on social media. They can contact me wherever um, and we can discuss things. Because, you know, in this small time, this limited time that we've got, it's always difficult to get into it really, really in depth. We just have to cover it. Um, but I'm very willing to speak to anybody if they've got any questions. Um, you know, with my email address, they can email me directly to you. Thank you so much. And all of those links will be in um, the show notes. So uh, don't panic, listeners. You will easily be able to find all the links to Levan, who we are definitely going to have to bring back for uh, a second conversation. Um, And definitely, I think, um, in our next season, which is really going to be focused on Africa, Um, Levan, I would love to have you back to really uh, talk about not only Africa as the emerging destination, but the emerging African tourist as well. Um, So we'd be so excited to uh, have you back for another conversation on conversations in tourism. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I I enjoy talking about this, so it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Levan, for joining us today. It really was such a fantastic conversation. Thank you for listening to another episode of Conversations in Tourism. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to follow us on social media and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future Conversations in Tourism. Thank you.